Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast hosted by Corey and Shauna Burris. They are a former pastor, a college teacher, and Pacific Northwest coffee lovers. Mostly, they are Jesus followers who find themselves in lots of interesting conversations with non-Christians, former Christians, wondering Christians, and young adults from all kinds of backgrounds. And we want to invite you into those conversations. The Bread and Cup podcast is a place for real talk about the Bible, life, and what it takes to move beyond the easy answers. So let's grab a cup and join the conversation. Welcome to the Bread and Cup podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Shauna. Uh, Today... We have on our plates some homemade sourdough English muffins uh, because basic white girl in COVID. I have more starter than I know what to do with, and we're just starting to get creative. They turned out okay. They were good. I like them. It's the first time. Right? Yeah. Learning and growing. And in our cup is uh, Frontline Coffee, which uh, is actually roasted by a good friend of ours who started a coffee company. Um, and ironically named Frontline Coffee. It's called Frontline. Yeah. You can check them out on Facebook at Frontline Coffee. Just search Frontline Coffee or on Instagram. They have a lot of really cool uh, photos, but they roast it locally. Um, here and in the Pacific Northwest. Here in the Pacific Northwest. And it's all fair trade, organic, all that good stuff. But what's really cool about what they do is um, a portion of, the, of every bag that they sell yep. goes to Frontline Workers. So um, first responders, that type of thing. So that's yeah. a really cool thing, especially in the midst of like COVID and everything that's going on with that. And so it's a uh, way to support people that are working in those industries and also support uh, local business. Yeah. And drink coffee. True. Which coffee is, is a solid win for us. Yes. Yeah. True story. Exactly. Speaking of stories. Hey. Hey, right? What a segue. Thank you. Uh, Today we're doing a little bit of a different bread and cup episode. We normally have try to have a conversation or at least invite you into conversations we're having um, with people that sort of live in our real world. Um, But we got a lot of response to last week's episode about um, just experiencing hurt in the church and sort of how do we respond to that? And so um, one of the pieces of feedback we got was... Which is, which is good feedback. It was um, from someone who said, hey, you, you, you allude to stories, but you don't always tell your story. And um, sometimes we do that partly because we're talking, with, we're talking about people's stories that we aren't at liberty to share um, with names of people that we may not yeah. be at liberty to share. But also sometimes it's because um, we... We just want to be careful not to to bring in our old stories that or allude to people that may be listening or whatnot and, and yeah. possibly hurt their feelings. I don't think that's yeah. really what we're going for, but we just no. want to be aware of um, of that. But at the same time, our experience is unique. We we talk about story. I I work in uh, marketing as we've talked about before, and story matters. And yeah. story gives us understanding of of a lot of different things. And so it's really important that we share those stories. So we thought, yeah. well, this time we will we will share our story. Yeah. Uh, and we've talked a little bit about our history, but I think we kind of just scooted over it. Um, so we wanted to talk a little about, more directly about our ministry experience and our yeah. experience in the church. Yeah, I mean, you hear in the intro every week that uh, we are a former pastor and college teacher. And those are true statements. And there, there is a reason and a story behind why that former exists there. And it isn't just simply yeah. um, a, a current thing. Um, and this, and this will roll into 
I think, well into next week's episode, which we'll be talking about transition yeah. and some of that because our story has a lot of transition in it. It has a lot of um, hurt and things that happened and some yeah. great things that happened and, yep. and experience out of it. And what did we learn from it? So um, I think we've talked about this before, but we went to Bible college in Minneapolis yep. um, and met there. We did. And... You were a music major. I was a pastoral was a major. Church music major. And then right out of college, we got a pastoral job. Yep. Um, and we we left the denomination that we got licensed in. Well, that your degree is from. Oh, so we went to Bible yes. college in one denomination, and then we got licensed in sort of its slightly rebellious sister denomination. Yeah. Which fit us at the time, yeah, right? We, like, oh, and still does. Yeah. So we went to a different denomination. It was a small church. It was, at the time, people. 250 to 300 people, depending on, on the Sunday. Um, we, we did church. It was essentially what's considered a church plant because it was we did it out of a high school. Yeah. Uh, so we would bring the trucks in and have everybody there super early. Um, our offices uh, uh, that we worked out of was just like a strip mall, like business offices. And that's where I went to work every day. Yeah. Um, worked with a pastor there that was still one of the most, um, I would, yeah, probably the most influential people in my life in terms of maybe it was the time, but also it was the character of the person and some things yeah. that he just you, you led us through. You still quote him on a very regular basis. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's, he's pretty awesome. Um, Phenomenal pastor, leader. He had, I will say this because he picked you out. Um, one of the hallmarks of his leadership is he has a way of finding talent that other, that maybe other people aren't um, as aware of. It was like this superpower. And one of the talents he found in you was this ability for sort of artistic design and storytelling because he very quickly put you in, what was it, 19? 1999 or something on the task of building the church's website. Yeah. And the fact that he put you on that task and you were very successful at that, that has opened doors from that moment until now, literally into the job you have. We can draw a straight line between your current job and his ability to identify that in you um, and give you the freedom to just try. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the church, that church was awesome uh, for the most part. Um, it was also, though, very young. So almost everybody that was in that church building was, was, became a Christian out of relationship with the senior pastor. So he would meet yeah. them, have coffee with them. They would get saved. Um, and then they would start joining the church. They'd be on the worship team. They'd be on the yeah. council, uh, you know, or on the, uh, the board, yeah, essentially. The council. Yeah. You know, trying to, you know... He would be on something along those, you know, they would get really involved in the church. And so um, he was just connected in such a unique way to every single member of that church. Mm -hmm. um, and it was great to work with him. I, I loved him. But as we were in ministry, and this was, again, coming out of college, I was 22, 21, 22 years old. Yeah. And we were newly married for the most part. Um, yeah. Had been married just a couple of years. And... All of a sudden, I could tell he was hitting a wall, and the passion that that drove us to take that position was starting to fizzle. Yeah, and I think that happens in so many churches, and it happens for so many pastors, 
one unique thing about him is he recognized it. Yeah. And he was like, I see this. I've seen this happen with other people. I know where I'm at and I can't do this. Yeah. So. Interestingly, I was thinking about this the other day. He um, and his wife were then about the age we are now. Do you remember that their oldest child was oh, in her right. junior going into her senior year? And that's exactly where we're at. Our oldest child is, and you know, I mean, we might adjust, they might not have been married or had kids as, as early, quite as early as we did, but I mean, we weren't that ridiculously early compared to the church world. So it's very reasonable that they were within a couple years old of what we are now. And I have looked back on that situation many times. It was a seminal experience for our lives. It, it has helped shape our trajectory. Um, and so I've, I've looked back many times and wondered how we ended up where we ended up with that and where, what they were thinking and what they were doing. Um, but I don't know if I've ever seen as clearly both their wisdom and their exhaustion as I do sitting where we are at as a family right now. Yeah. Like, oh, geez. Yeah. To be, to, to be at this point in your career and your life and to have invested everything you've invested in, to be trying to raise your family and trying to launch your kids and you've done lots of things for a really long time. And man, you just want to see some wins. And there's not a whole lot of wins in front of you right now. There's just a whole lot more of the same kind of day you've been living for the last seven years. And how, especially for the sole lead pastor right. at a church of several hundred people that are newer believers, which means hard workers, you know, Midwest dedication to things, but pretty early spiritual discipleship which meant he was really alone he was really alone and yeah. i think he 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 um as great as he was at discipleship i think it's just such a long process to yeah. keep bring people through this understanding you know it's just like a baby you come into life and you don't know how your fingers work yeah you figure out how your fingers work and then you got to figure out how to feed yourself and then yeah. you figure that oh, out pincer and grass right i love it and then you get to a point where you got to use a spoon and and yep. all of a sudden and that's and the same thing i think happened for this where there was these were people that they didn't know what worship was and so everything that they thought was either modeled to them or brought into them yeah. into the situation by something previously to be clear there were a few people right. um the couple friends of ours they yeah. they became wonderful they had both i mean they had been long term christians i think she had grown up in the church he had become a christian in high school so they had had discipleship they were strong leaders um but they were still young they were in their late 20s yeah. So it was maybe yeah. their early thirties. Like they weren't quite contemporaries to the pastor. So he was without peer. Yeah. At the time. And so yeah. it was lonely. And he, I remember he brought me into his office and told me, "Hey, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm burned out. I've talked with our leadership over our denomination, and I'm going to take a two to three month sabbatical." Um, that's what he told me at the time, and I was like, "Oh." Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the denomination we were in did not have a lot of leadership around there. There was not a lot of other churches, so he was like, "They aren't going to send somebody in to to save us." And so you're in charge. And so me, at my ripe young age of 22 or 23, become. I think you the, were 23. We'd been there a year, so I yeah. think you were 23, and I was 24. Yeah, and they were yeah. like, "All right, here's you know, keep things going." And yep. 
Shepherd uh, we the brought people. in we brought in people cool. to speak. We allowed other people in the the church to speak on Sundays, but for the most part, I spoke almost every Sunday. Um, but more importantly, I was in charge of council meetings. I was in charge of like talking with folks about uh, problems that popped up in the church. Yeah. They would come into the office, and I would have to you know I'm imagine a 23 year old or 24 year old sitting there across from a a 40 year old man who has cheated on his wife and is having a discussion with, or his wife's sitting there having a discussion about how much it hurt her and her husband's just sitting there kind of shrugging. Like imagine that type of situation for somebody like myself, who's never experienced anything like this. And by the way, they do not prepare you for this in college. No. So. Well, you did, you got, I think you got a class about pastoral care or something. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, so it was more like generally like, don't be a, a, don't be a jerk. But no right? real like, life experience, right? Yeah. Like oh, no idea yeah. what was going to happen. No, and so and we were just so darn glad to be married to each other. Right. Like we hadn't really had any struggle. Nothing to touch. Yeah. And back to and uh, we we made the the we're, so we're sitting there and we're going through it. And I remember the three months were up, and we were like, and Thank he God. came back, and he sat down with me and. And I had talked with the council a little bit, and they were like, well, we don't know how this is all going to work out. Uh, the church had struggled prior to him him leaving, um, just financially. It was just a rough time. Yeah. And uh, tithing was not something that the church had taught very well. Yeah. And so people were not did not tithe regularly. No. And again, young church, undiscipled for the most part. For, yeah. for or n- newer to di- yeah. discipling. Yeah, so they new they on the road. To understand what was going on and and he came back and said you know i'm out i'm, I'm gone oh, man i remember i can feel sitting at that table and that the couple that hosted it that one they had the super long table and she made the best stove popcorn it was the best and she'd make these huge bowls and so i remember this story sitting i we were sitting at the far end sort of the foot of this long farmhouse style table um, and he, the lead pastor was on the complete far other end. And I, like, I can smell the popcorn. I can feel what it feels like to be sitting in that dining room. I can even pick up mostly where each of the council members are sitting and, and having him just say, and I resign. And I just like, like I think I ate too much popcorn. I'm going to, I'm going to throw up. Like I felt sick mm. wondering, well, what's what's going to happen? Right. And one of the stories I think we're telling, we're going to tell this slightly non-chronologically. One of the things that impacted that experience for us is you chose to do a six month internship instead of a summer internship because we were really involved in a local to the college, um, church and deeply involved, not staff, but sort of de facto staff. Um, and we like most churches, unpaid staff. So it was well great. unpaid. I mean, yeah, lay staff, sort <laughs> right. of. And we, and this was before you had graduated. But I mean, we we all but lived at that at that church, and so we didn't want to leave the church um, to to go intern somewhere else. We wanted to stay present with the people and the relationships we had, and so you did, and you doubled the length of it. Yep. Um, and that senior pastor um, was himself facing 
exhaustion and burnout. And I think looking at it and knowing what the the pastor who did take a sabbatical told us, and he invited us into that process a little bit. Um, I think a sabbatical 10 years before we got there would have been really good for the senior pastor. You did your internship under a wonderful man who loved his church, loved God. Um, I think even cared quite a bit about us, but had he was a negative bandwidth and had been a negative bandwidth for a long time. So that meant you got zero investment. So you did a six month internship yeah. and you had what? I one think I meeting? Met, I think I met with him once at the beginning for sure. And then once at the end Yeah, and maybe one in the middle of that. And for the most part, I was just kind of left alone. And to he do sort of just I, signed off on your paperwork. You're doing a good yeah. job. And and was but, actually late to do that, which caused a whole bunch of problems too. But yeah, that's besides the point. <laughs> You're not better. You got your degree. It's, <laughs> yeah, fine. it's fine. But sort of, you know, you all know that I'm a teacher. From a teacher standpoint, people learn through feedback. You want people to fail. I don't want every student to get 100% on everything they turn in. They're not learning anything in my class if they get 100% on everything they turn in. And that was sort of what your internship was. We we gave up the opportunity to go somewhere cool, to try a new church, to make bigger network connections because we believed in the community. And in the end, you did not learn. You did not grow. Right. You, we gave them six months. And, and while while they were kind to us, um, there was zero investment. And so then we go, so that left you even less equipped to take on a senior pastor. Because it, if, if you had been with a senior pastor or, you know, even an associate pastor who was a dynamic discipler, who was awesome at feedback where we had spent three months and they had just chucked you in the deep end of the pool and made sure you learned to swim, we might've had better tools to navigate. Right. But but all you had was your classes. And anybody who's gotten their bachelor's degree knows that classes are great for head knowledge, not always great for practical knowledge. Yeah. And so um, he announces he's leaving. And yeah. the and we're like, ah, oh, we're and on essentially, our own again. Like, I, I remember, and I don't remember, I, now that you mention it, I actually kind of remember that room very well. I don't remember that meeting other than at some point mm. all of the council turning towards me. Mm, and saying i don't remember that part all right so what are we gonna like, let's figure this out and you're like what do you mean let's us yeah I, like, and i don't i don't I'm just remember a little we, guy I, I don't know if we were sent home and said hey go f- think about this or if they asked us on the spot and we said no but essentially we said to them listen w- we can't be your senior pastors we're not built for this um, I'm not ready for this i don't want to do this yeah, <laughs> essentially we're, we're gonna do damage if we try yeah. to do this we are and I mean, and we had known that because in the three months where he was, where the senior pastor was gone, I, we struggled through certain things. There were things where I was just like, I don't know how to deal with yeah. this. I have not, I'm not equipped. I'm not ready. And I hope we didn't hurt people. But the reality is, is we yeah. didn't really know what we were doing. We, we were doing our best. We, we prayed hard. We got help where we could get help from, but but even now I look back on like some of the things that I said from the pulpit or some of the things that I talked about and I go, it wasn't that it was unbiblical or wrong, but it, it was very naive, right? Yeah. It was like very un, like I was, you know, and, and so leading these people that are much older than you and being very naive is a very dangerous place. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, we made the decision that, hey, we're, we'll stay, we want to stay on board, but you need to start looking for someone else. Yeah. Um, 
as the months went by of them trying to find someone um, yeah. and different people coming in and applying and, and looking at it, uh, the church just started to, to without strong leadership like that, the church yeah. just started to fall apart and we lost more and more and more people. Yeah. And so by the time they finally found a senior pastor, there was the, the church was a, a shell of what it was before. Yeah. And I think we had about half as many people coming yeah. and they were good people. They were wonderful people. Right. Very dedicated and so patient with us. Yeah. But I mean, we, we were not, we had not been mentored or equipped yeah. to manage that. Yeah. And, um, and again, all the people that had been, a lot of the people that had been in that church had a personal relationship with the senior pastor. So yeah. watching your best friend leave you go like I'm. I came here for him, and so there yeah. was a lot of that, mm -hmm. and there was not an opportunity for us to make it our own, but because we didn't have a vision for what our own was at the time. No, and so and we knew better than to try to take control because we could see that we were not going to be the right people. Yeah, to we do this knew what, we were not there long term, and we knew yeah. that, or we not in that role long term. Yeah. Uh, so they bring on their new senior pastor. And I remember we were at the coffee shop that I yep. ended up working at a few weeks later. Um, uh, spoiler and, alert. <laughs> um, uh, and they sat us down and they said, listen, um, we love you guys. You guys have been amazing, but we don't have enough money to pay for your salary and this new guy that's coming on board. So yep. we're going to, but we would love you to continue to come to the church, um, stay on staff unpaid. Which was great because I was about 10 weeks pregnant with our Correct. first. Yeah. yeah. So we had, yeah, we had found out that we were pregnant with our daughter and... Oh, and she's the best. I'm so glad we have her. Yes. But dang. Right. <laughs> not great news to hear at that time. No. And... Uh, the firing, not the pregnancy. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 I'm grateful we knew ahead of time because could you imagine if... That had been flipped. Oh, yeah. Like, it would mean, have been, yeah. Oh, goodness. So I would we, have just moved home. So <laughs> I remember sitting in that coffee shop and we were sitting on the fireplace, in the fireplace. Yep. And they yep. said that to us. And all, and we had knew that this was coming. I think we kind of knew it was happening. Yeah. We had had enough discussions. We knew the, the state of the church and we knew that the new pastors coming on board, which we loved them. Oh, we he thought it was, was awesome. great. And that was a, that was a brilliant hire on their part. Yeah. We stayed friends um, with him. In fact, he and his wife uh, helped babysit our daughter yeah. after she was born um, when we were sort of in a bit of a childcare crisis for the first couple weeks of me going back to work. Because, um, you know, no job. So right. thank God for my job. And uh, they I mean, they were phenomenal. They were. And yeah. So then we... we um we had given we gave them an option for what it could look like, and we thought it was reasonable. We said essentially pay us your tithe because I I remember yeah. I, I remember Bible college, the uh, the head of the pastoral studies, Doctor Allen, Doctor Allen would say yeah. to us, "Do not take an unpaid position unless you plan on being unpaid indefinitely. So have them pay you something, five dollars, yeah, but have them pay you something because then they can remember." That, that you are staff and that you are on board. And so yep. I took that to them and I said, listen, we pay this amount in tithe, just pay it back to us. Yep. That's all we ask. And they said, no, we can't do that. And I still don't understand to this day what they're... Because then we, had to, then we had to go to a different church and of right. course our tithe <laughs> went with us right. to the other church. So, so they would have, we would have liked to have stayed, but we didn't. Yep. Um, 
and we wish them well. Um, and then I guess I could have just started writing the track directly to you. That's true. Yeah. Man, I wish we would have thought of that. It could have saved us so much heartache. I'm just kidding. Don't, don't tithe to yourself. People that is like super not okay. A little sketch. It's, way sketch. I'm sure it could be embezzling at some point, but no. That, no. Yeah, that's probably embezzling. Don't tie it to yourself. So we, um, so we left ministry a little jaded, but I was young and stupid and like, I want to find a new ministry position. Yep. And that was all I cared about. Yep. And uh, because that was where my identity was, right? Like I went to school to be a pastor. I'm Pastor Corey. I need to keep my pastoral major. And... Uh, you were like, oh, shoot, I'm going back to work or I'm going to continue to work. Yeah. I worked at a coffee shop and then I had a local... I'm just going to tell the people. So Corey is not a morning person and he's become a bit more of a morning person since now he works in a time zone three hours ahead of ours and he's a grown-up. But at that time, he was... It was... I mean, it was painful for him to wake up before 7 a.m., and because it was the job he could get, and because we only had one car, so even in Minnesota, he needed to bike back and forth to work. And of course, no job, can't afford a second car. This man took a job at a coffee shop that was ironically almost directly across the street from the church office, which was only a couple blocks from our house, our little townhome. And he got up at four in the morning and rain or shine or snow or sleet, just like a mailman, biked his butt over at 4.30 in the morning to start roasting at this coffee shop. Greeted the, the newspaper guy coming in. I greeted the, ho the donut dude. Yep. Because... <laughs> his name. But... But... but uh, that... Not that I ever doubted who you were in our family dynamic. Not that I ever doubted that we were partners. Not that I ever wondered whether or not you would prioritize me and whatever family we have. But if there had ever been room for doubt, that would have completely erased it. To, for you to have gotten up at 4.30 every day to take the only job that was sort of feasible for our circumstances, because I had quite a good job that gave us health insurance and something, so it wasn't really an option for me right. to give you the car. I had to have the car to get to work. And so, um, I mean, I'm glad because now we can talk about coffee roasting stuff on Bread yeah. and Cup. I'm grateful you know those things. I got to roast coffee. I got to learn lots of great things. You did. So, you made good coffee. Yeah. Yeah. You're a bit of a coffee snob now. So I'm that's perfect. Much, we ended I have up, been ever since then because yeah. I knew what was right and what was wrong. And then like, you didn't do this. And so. <laughs> and then, you know, I feel like that was just God really preparing you to move out to the Pacific Northwest. That's probably true. Yeah. If you would have had, you know, classic Midwest coffee taste when we moved out here, I think you would have died. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad. I mean, Minneapolis was had good coffee for the most part. Minneapolis did, but we had we'd kind of moved out of the heart. We'd learned good coffee at college, which was right downtown. Yeah. But I mean, we were moving out towards the cornfields, and that's where the coffee gets. Folgers it turns into Folgers. Yeah. It's nasty. Um, and I get a call from a pastor, a local pastor, and he says, "Let's meet." So I sit down with him. I go up and meet with him. And, and by local, and, you mean an hour away because it's on yeah. the exact opposite side of well, the city. I was going to get to that. Oh, sorry. And so we took a ministry position. Or I said, I came back and I'm like, Shauna, this is great. I can be back in ministry. It was part-time, but I was back in ministry. I was a pastor. And you right? were paid. Like, I, was, I was paid. And I use that term very loosely. Yes. 
Um, the problem was, yes, it was on the other side of Minneapolis. So we lived south of St. Paul. It was northwest of Minneapolis. If you don't know what that means, essentially a good hour drive without traffic and without snow or terrible weather. And by the way, we lived in Minnesota, snow and terrible weather. That's what it happens. And we had this, we worked there over Christmas. <laughs> yeah. And there was an expectation. And because of where people lived, nobody lived in the town where the youth group was or where the church was. All of the, the kids in the youth ministry lived kind of dispersed all over the west side of the cities. So nobody lived in one single, went to one single high school. It was a just a mess of different schools. There was no, like, I couldn't just go to have lunch with them in one school. I would have right. to go. And I, we also, we weren't paid enough for me to pay to have lunch anywhere. We could um, hardly afford the, the gas. Because we did have to buy a second car to make that work. So we bought this super, what did we pay? Like $600 for terrible. that Jetta? And it drove like it was paid. We paid oh my gosh. It was, never, never have I ever. Both of us had cars in high school because we were very fortunate. Our families were wonderfully kind to us. I mean, they weren't bougie. They were pretty basic cars, but they were infinitely better than that Jetta. But the Jetta ran, and it ran exactly as long as we needed it to. Exactly. It died yeah. right, right, right after time. that job died. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I had worked there, and the senior pastor, essentially everybody in the youth group was the senior pastor's, ki pastor's kids or their best friends. Yep. And they all went to different schools. Yep. And uh, I remember he brought me into his office about four months after having worked there. And in the midst of this, we had our daughter, finally. Yeah. And well, I mean, she came in the appropriate nine months. She did. Yeah, right um, on time. She, but she shows up in the middle of this. And about a month later, I want to say. She was six weeks old when you had that conversation. Okay. So six weeks. I, I remember it distinctly. Uh, so I bring her in. I'm there every Sunday. I'm there every Wednesday. I'm there a couple yeah. of days of the week. I go into the office. I do what I can to, to meet with kids. I take them out to lunch if I can afford it, all of that. Then all of a sudden, six weeks later, I go into the office. I have a meeting with the senior pastor, and he sits me down, and I know where it's going. Because I feel yeah. this way. We've like been I'm, there about almost four months, I yeah. think. I total. feel burned out. Like I feel burned out and don't want to be there. Yeah. And so he's sitting there and he's like, how do you think it's going? And I I'm, I'm said, not good, not well. And he said, I agree. And so he, he fired me and I quit at the same time, essentially. Um, that's yeah. the way I kind of explain it. I don't know that I told you ahead of time that I was going to do this. Um, but I remember going out of the I told the you not lot. to take the job in the first place. Right. So we got to where I wanted to go either right. way. So I That's walk fine. outside and I quit. Yeah. And I go home defeated. And yeah. I go home again losing my identity of who I am. Yeah. And, and that I would say that while the first church we worked at um, was young, by and large, young in the discipleship process. They were people who loved God and loved others. They sort of followed the Jesus creed. They tried real hard. They yeah. didn't get everything right, but they did love God and they did love people. Um, the second church uh, had really stellar programming. I struggled to see either of those other two things as 
strong, like his core tenets. Like I think there were members of that church that loved God and loved people, but but it was a characteristic of the first church we worked at. They were they were young in their faith. So there was lots of hilarious conversations about like, what do you mean the Holy Spirit talks to you? Like, that's totally freaky. And we're like, we don't mean like out loud on speakerphone. <laughs> and, you know, just these fun conversations where it's like, oh man, when you're raised in the church, that We have a lot of churchisms that don't make sense. Yeah, or, you know, yeah. or just like concepts that like, you know, God really, like God exists in, in, in a real entity, like just stuff like that where right. they've come to faith in Jesus, but they're still sort of struggling with some of the peculiar aspects of, of sort of the Christian life. The second church was lots and lots of churched people, but very little that I, that I felt in those couple months of love God, love others. Yeah. It was, it was well-produced, but man, I, other than the one, the one guy who always had us over at his house, yeah, he loved God and loved others. But, and I think that, I mean, this is where, you know, we talked again last week about being hurt by the church. Yeah. Oh, we were wrecked by those two situations. And we were wrecked like by we those. Like we felt alone. We felt like failures. But to me, in those, pre- in those predicaments is where hurt happens. Yeah. And even in, the, even in the first church that we were involved with, that was where hurt happened. Yeah. But not because, and this is why I feel like last week I was a little defensive of the church and people yeah. in the church, because a lot of times that people that are in leadership are also struggling, wrestling yeah. through things, yeah. broken by things. And working through things. And so they do broken things in response. Yeah. The second church that we went to, we found out that the senior pastor had been doing some terrible things. Yeah. He and, was And is really... not in ministry anymore and, and lost everything. And that church fell apart. Yeah. And I'm sad about that. Oh, because he was a lovely, lovely yeah. human. But he did all, and he said all the right things, but he was broken and leading, leading un, unfulfilled. Yeah. And, and it's easy to look back at that and be like, oh, well, look what you did and you're, you were yeah. a terrible person, but I don't look at it that way. I look back no. at it and I go, oh my gosh, look where you were at and yeah. you had no one to go to. Yeah. You were as lost as the people you thought you were leading. Yeah. Um, and, and when that happens, we make bad decisions and we make yeah. poor choices. And yeah. I'm not saying firing me was a poor choice. It probably was a good choice. And it well, ended you up quit. So, well, that's true. <laughs> um, but, but I, but after that, you know, we, we moved out here to Washington. Yep. And I remember when we first came here, my goal was to get on staff. We went to the church that we went to, that we currently go to now because we thought they were going to be our stepping. I, perceived they were going to be my stepping yeah. stone they were to known to be a sending church so we didn't want to be on staff at that church right we just wanted to serve there but we knew that they were the district church and that they had a reputation for gathering people up you spend a year or two working and and just sort of being a congregant and that they then would send people out at, yeah. as you know the head of a district We'll, yeah. we'll do there, a resource center. So if you want to have a job, go work at the resource center. And you came to this conclusion way before I did. Yeah, and that was about was, a year in. And it was, oh, 
I actually don't want to be paid ministry. I don't want to be in paid ministry anymore. No. And I remember you telling me, and I was a little angry about it, mainly because, again, pastor was on the little little nameplate you got for me when I graduated college, it right? It's and, a good gift. And who, it was who I was. It was yeah. who I was supposed to be. It was what I was called yeah. to do. All of these things It was also ran what through. pleased all the people yeah. who you know, who you loved and valued and yeah. family yeah. members and, and friends former leaders and friends. former leaders. Yeah. Oh, so many of and what people friends. had said I was going to be and how they yeah. talked about and man, those expectations loom large, don't they? They do. Yeah. And they defined a lot of how I saw my, my value of myself. Yep. And I remember at some point coming back and saying, yeah, you're right. I don't want to be in paid ministry. And I don't remember when that happened. I don't know what happened with it. But even at that time, and it wasn't until probably 10 years ago, and this was 15 years ago that this was all happening. 16. 16. Shh. Okay. We're not old. We're, we're super old. It's fine. But it was, wasn't until we five years. We also know a lot well, more I'm going to stop using times backwards. I'm going to say, like, it was five years later that I realized yeah. something about myself. Yeah. So... Right after you came to the realization, I don't want to be in paid ministry, I came to, I eventually came around to it too. But yeah. I thought that the reason I didn't want to be in paid ministry was because I was not built to be a pastor. Mm. I thought that I was that, oh, to be a pastor in the modern church, you have to be a type A personality. You have to be, you know, alpha male, rah, rah, rah. Come on, guys. We got to, you know, and, and former lead, athlete. Yeah. Lead a certain way. Yeah. And I started going on, but I'm never going to be that person. That's just not who I am. Yeah. So therefore, that means that I, was, I am not supposed to be a pastor. Yeah. And it was probably, maybe it was 10 years later, maybe it was five years later. Eventually, I have come to an understanding of what a pastor is. Yeah. And um, as a matter of fact, I took a job for a nonprofit. And I said, I always wanted to be a pastor. And she actually didn't, the, the CEO of the company did not promote me for a long time because she thought, oh, he's going to go back to being a pastor. I and, didn't know that. Yeah. And, oh, by the way, this CEO, oh, I just love her. Yeah, she's great. Like she, if you want to know somebody who develops talent, she develops talent. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, crazy dreamer. You have to run real fast to keep up with her. But, but, but I, just by watching her, like, I didn't even work for the organization. You worked for the organization, but it was a, it, they took a very family approach. So I got sucked into lots of stuff. I learned a ton from watching her lead. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, so, but I, it was a few years later that I actually came to the understanding of like, what is a pastor? And yeah. what defines being a person pastoral, pastoral in yeah. the way that you care for the people around you. And I had already given into, it doesn't mean you have to take a paycheck, but I didn't realize that pastoring was something different. Yeah. And, and that, that you were actually, you had been doing it all along. Yeah. And it took a long time for me to get to that point yeah. to understand that. But that journey was changed at least my, I mean, I feel like I, well, I only talked about my experience in all of this, but. Well, I tagged along for all of this, that's right? That's true. It's a classic evangelical <laughs> story <laughs> of the white man gets to be the pastor and the little wifey just trails along behind him. <laughs> ha! 
I'm just, I, I'm, I'm half serious, but mostly I'm just joking. It never felt like that for me. These were, um, I mean, they, they were your, um, it was your title, but it was our passion and it was our burden. And, um, the fact that it was your title meant that you, um, you took the punches much harder than I did. And, um, but we both have been, we, we alluded to this last week that sometimes the hurt comes from unmet expectation. And I, I don't know if that's part of your story. That's a huge part of my story in all of this, that, um, I have a very one for one approach to life. If you X, then Y, and I've grown up enough to know that that's just not a thing that it, it doesn't work that way. You can do everything quote unquote right and things will still not turn out the way you expected. And you can do absolutely everything wrong. And this happens to me all the time. You just dippy trip yourself into where you're supposed to be. A dippy trip. Are you going <laughs> to make fun of me for that? I didn't say anything. I just smirked. You did. And, you, and nobody, they can't see telling. it. Oh and man, we need to start recording yourself. these for when you put them up on YouTube because your smirks, they, they are their own whole story. They're legit. They're legit. Um, but for me, that was a big part of the expectation of, but we just gave you like a year and a half of our life and I'm over here working full time and serving almost as full time as my husband and we're tithing and we're, I mean, we're making this go to the best of our ability and you're just going to be like, thanks for the memories deuces? Like, are you kidding me right now? Like, do do you not understand the math of this, that you, you have to show our family just the scantest amount of, of sort of classic American evaluation, valuation. And you, you can't even do that. Like we know we did not do this as well as we could have. We told you that from day one, People with a a year out of Bible college in their early 20s have no business being senior pastors of a church where the median age is 39. Like, it's just, I mean, it'd be one thing if we were like trying to jumpstart some sort of like rebellious college thing, right? Like we probably could have managed that okay, but I felt like, man, we did everything we were supposed to do. And... Um, and the outcome was so painful and it was so painful to, um, have devoted extra time to that internship and just not be invested in. And that's part of my story is that I, um, I take it, I take it more deeply than I need to when I feel, uh, that people don't believe I'm worth investment or that we're worth being seen or known. And that was so much of whether or not that's accurate. It's so much of how I experienced, uh, those years, the internship where, um, you know, I, I never really talked to the senior pastor's wife or, um, any sort of experienced female pastor leadership. Um, you, you were barely acknowledged. We weren't given, we got no opportunity based on all of that investment, which is what the whole point of an internship is. Um, 
And not because we failed in the internship, but simply we just weren't noticed. And then I just, I semi felt the same thing. We took this other position where it's like this, this pastor is, he is sort of known for investing. He had invested quite a lot in some friends of ours. That's how we found the church. And they went on to do wonderful things. Um, and we get there and he's sort of like, oh, good to have you guys here. I'm, I'm going to go now. Like, oh my gosh. Okay. We're, we're on our own again. And then, and then the next place it was like, we were not only not, we were not only on our own, but it was like hostile. We were on our own and they didn't like us and they were obvious about it. And then we were, and then we got here to, you know, out to the Pacific Northwest in the church we were in. And we, like, we couldn't get noticed for the life of us. And I don't mean in the, look at me, look at me. But like, like all, all we want to do is work for free. We just, we just want to serve and we want to like hang out with leaders and like just learn. That's, that's what we're here to do. And we were express about that. We couldn't even get someone to call us back. So we're like, okay, I guess, guess nobody needs us. And so while you struggled with the, with the, with the titler piece, I need to be pastor, Corey. I struggled with just nobody needing us. Like mm. just nobody needed us. And, um, that part of it, I had no problem coming to the conclusion of like, man, pastoring doesn't have anything to do with a paycheck. It, it didn't for one minute occur to me that you were somehow less pastoral. But man, did I struggle with whether we had any purpose or value. I was like, I, we, are, we are doing nothing. We are having, like, we do not matter. Nobody sees us. Nobody needs us. And uh, that stayed with me for a really, really long time. And I think that's, um, that's a human condition. And, you know, I, I need to wrestle that out with my own good self and my mentors and counselors. But, but it was brought on by the church. <laughs> It right? was. And exactly. I think that that's, that's the whole thing is like the one place you're supposed to be safe and this is supposed to be okay. And the one thing that we were investing our life into was where we were being probably molded and crafted and hurt yeah. the most. Molded and crafted in a bad way in some yeah. times. Because they certainly got noticed in the secular arenas, right? Right. Awards in school and opportunities, you know, to um, do unique, you know, unique things within the educational and academic environment. I got noticed for those things. Um, I got to, you know, do some low key competition kinds of things and some public speaking, but always from a secular lens and same thing in the work environment. I did very well in my work environment and, you know, got promoted and definitely got noticed as a team leader and as a, as you know, a fast learner, um, as a valuable player. But in church, it was like crickets. Like you can't call me back. Yeah. For weeks, like, you clearly don't need help. And then we would hear leaders say, you just can't, can't get anyone to volunteer. You can't get any help. And we're like, dude, we, like, who you got to pay off to, like, <laughs> be able to work for free around here? It was, for me, that was, it, that and, is and where my deepest that, hurt is from. And part of that, it comes back to what that initial pastor told me. Which yeah. was we the way that the church so often views people is how do we get it? We have all these tasks at church. Our yeah. building needs the lawn mowed. We need the this the 
bushes trimmed. We need this person needs to have a leader. You can do that. And we want to assign people tasks to get our jobs done that we have around our building or around our our church. And the pastor said to me, he goes, listen, we don't use people to get things done. We use things to get people done. Yeah. And And he really did that. And he did. And you view, and when you start to see that played out in a church that's healthy and knows how to treat people, a lot of the complaints that people have about the church kind of go away, you know, because they believe that the church is there for them. The church is there. We might, it might screw up. They might make some mistakes. There might be some leadership that's a little wonky here and there, you know. Yeah. Anybody who we've led, we're wonky. Weird old, you know, leader Corey, (laughs) you know, like, I don't know. Really? We went there. I hope you edit that out. Nope. (laughs) Everything stays in. (laughs) That's true. You don't edit anything out. You say it every time, like I'm going to, and I'm just not. Okay. Well, but that's our story. Um, Or a little piece of it. A little piece of it to give you a little bit of a back or a lot of bit of a background of where we came from in terms of ministry, and um, we also have other stories involving just being on leadership and just being part of a church where hurts came, things happened, um, which I'm sure we will share as we address those issues. Yeah, Um, and and, a couple stories where we as leaders are the ones who failed hard. Yeah. Which is probably more that might more than we like. So. Yeah, it's a good good stories to share. Yeah. Harder to share when we're the ones that we know we we done screwed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ne- but join us next week. We're going to be talking about transitions. Yeah. And what is transition? Do you mean like being pregnant with your first child and losing your job, and then having to find another job, and then finding one and losing that job, and then selling your house and moving to the other side of the country? Yeah. Like but transitions you, like that? But how do you keep sight of who God is, and what is yeah. the church's typical reaction when transition is happening, and how that's sometimes just not helpful? <laughs> so, yes. Um, Wait on the Lord. Exactly. Um, but join us next week. If you want to, check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash cup. Yep. And you can find us on Instagram, which is where we tend to be most active, at Bread and Cup Podcast. Uh, we would love to see you over there. Please like, comment. Uh, we've gotten some wonderful five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Please, if you enjoyed this, even a little bit, throw up a five-star review. Or and four. We want, no, no, no. We're just go- five. Five star. Five I get A's. <laughs> I just want you to That's know. True. Five stars, please. Um, and But also leave a review. Tell us. Tell us what you're enjoying about it. Um, And if you have to give us four stars, you know, I'm a teacher. I want feedback. Tell us what we can do to earn that fifth star. To join the conversation, like and subscribe, then find us on Instagram at Bread and Cup Podcast. You can also find us at our website and other social platforms linked in the show notes.